So did you say you've been murdered by the Alabaster Titan? Yeah, finally. Uh, I like Frankenstein himself. I've been <laughs> slain by my own creation. <clears throat> I've been getting back into playing Eight Plagues. Um, mm. And okay. I wanted to get the skin, but I needed loads of future coins or whatever. Um, and so I haven't got it yet. And I was a bit bummed out by that. But then uh, one of the other players on the server was tights. Um, <laughs> and I've never been happy, so happy to be filled full of futuristic shotgun ammunition. Very proud was it, father. Was it as majestic as you thought? Was it like in like a Jurassic Park film where they look at the, the T-Rex and for a split second they're like, my God. It's like um, where the T-Rex kicks the toilet apart and eats the yeah. man. <laughs> Only like with infinite dignity. Welcome, listener, to this uh, episode 164 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, the best AI characters and games special. This is Rock, Paper, Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, and this, uh, I'm Alice Bell, and this week uh, I am joined by uh, Castle, but like c.a.s.t.l.e. I did ask Matthew if he prepared a backronym and he had not. So. Well, I got as far as chocolate and sweets. What about <laughs> oh, com- but- computer-assisted, sarcastic tweet lamination entity? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've really caught all the things I do there. So um, yeah, yeah, scrub that from the record. Terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to join chocolate and sweets, something, something, eater or eating. Um, but Chocolate and sweets treats. Oh, L is a bucket yeah. of a word, isn't it? There's nothing that yeah. begins with I was it. contemplating licorice, but I don't really want anything to do with licorice. So <laughs> I can't remember if I told you, but my my friend Tim, friend of the show, Tim, who listens, said that um, he thinks Matthew fans should be called Chuggalos to... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> to link back to your your clown character and your propensity for chugging fizzy drinks. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Chug those. It's great. Uh, and the other voice you can hear is A. Tamura Morrison. I'm just a man trying to record a podcast in the galaxy. <laughs> You're going to have to help me out with this one. Is, is he the actor who plays Boba Fett? That's correct. But what could that have to do with AI? Well, you'll find out. Oh, God. (laughs) It's always so ominous when you you drop something like that, Nate. Because it's like like a promise of bullshit to come, you know? (laughs) It's it's the shadow of the nonsense. (sighs) Um, Before we get into talking about the promised nonsense, um, how are you both? How are you doing? You, you well? Very well, yeah. Um, I haven't eaten anything particularly outrageous, um, uh, which is usually what I say at this point. Uh, I've just been yeah. working really hard, which is very boring. Oh, I'll tell you what I did eat. I had, I had some wild boar tagliatelle. Oh, that's mm. a very me move. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, very sort of big medieval slash Nate energy. But, uh, yeah, it was delicious. I don't... Normie Matthew not eating any weird sweets or anything. What's going on? Mm. Uh, did you oh, like? I tell you what I did discover. This is okay. important. Yeah. Um, well, I say important. Um, Rio, the popular canned drink, which is obviously yeah. 
quite hard to find. You only find it in smaller <laughs> news agents and swimming pool vending machines, uh, maybe fish and chip shops. Uh, you can now buy it in bottles. Ooh. Um, not big, big bottles, like smaller bottles, which I think is a new development and perhaps suggests that Rio is taking steps towards like a more like national kind of rollout. Um, but that's very exciting. We must keep yeah, an that would be that. my analyst analysis of this. If you ask me for a news story, <laughs> genuinely, to our Rio correspondent. <laughs> no, not in Rio. Just about the drink. I think Rio's like seriously on the ascent. Mm. Like this is like Avengers: Rise of Rio. It's <laughs> like just more people are getting into it. Like we had a friend round our house on Saturday night and um, gave them a can of Rio, and they're like, what, "What's this?" I was like, "Just try it." I said, "This is so good. I have to get some." Mm. And that is the reaction. No one ever says this is mediocre or I do not like this. Yeah. And I it's, think the people who are into it are like real um, kind of cheerleaders for it because what, it's, it's so delicious that I think we really amplify it. <laughs> what's the term for if a Matthew fan is a chuggalo? What's the what's a fan of Rio? Like a, a Rio head? Like what is? Um, a, oh, I don't know. Sorry, I've put you on the spot there, lads. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I haven't had any Rio for ages, so maybe I'll get some at lunch today. Head down to the swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with a, a definitive fandom term next week, so I think that's important. Okay. This No, but I, I bet I bet this, the store downstairs will have it, because the office is above a kind of cave of wonders. It's one of those 24-hour news agents, yeah. and they always have all the weird new flavors of stuff like whenever walkers do a weird you know fish and chip flavor crisp they've got it whenever there's like a an orange flavored chocolate finger i the other day i had a bar of uh drumstick flavored chocolate as in the drumstick lolly oh my god i think yeah. they're making some of it down there yeah but that's there's an always... impossible confection wait well, i i thought it was going to be more exciting than it was i imagined like a drumstick center with chocolate around it or whatever, but it's it was just sort of vanilla flavoured cream with bits of raspberry in. So Oh, forget about it. No. Yeah, no, less exciting than than yeah, the the Sopranos would not be impressed. But um Oh, I had a bit of uh I accidentally reenacted Dune a bit. Or Dune, I've, as I like to call it now. Do you not believe that it was an accident, but go on. Well, you know, judge for yourself. Um because, again, when said friend was round um, at the weekend, we all thought we'd go and have a bit of wintry hot tub fun. So we went and sat in the hot tub for about two hours. Um, and it was quite late, and I'd had quite a lot of Rio. I was very drowsy. I'd had quite a lot of Rio. <laughs> so when everyone else got out, I decided to stay in. And I fell asleep in the hot tub and was in it for a further oh three hours. Oh my god, like an episode of Seinfeld. Like um like Baron Gigantus off of Dune. Because he's got his pool of um, balsamic vinegar and olive oil oh, yeah. that he heals in and it it was like that, especially at the bit with I stress my entire family and everyone inside the house with me down the end of the garden in the dark. I just fell asleep and woke up at the bottom of the hot tub, having slipped under with <laughs> breathing in water. That oh was my really God. exciting. So I just resurfaced and settled myself and went back to sleep. That's Pretty like good. dogs die in hot cars. It's like Nate's die in warm baths. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't uh, expire. That would have been a real downer for us all. Oh, yeah. But this anecdote would have had a very different vibe to it. Well, you wouldn't be telling it for one. Well, yeah, I'd be some D manner of spectre. Did you did you feel healed by the experience, or yeah, did you feel kind of broiled? Well, I, I uh, tweeted at Dave Batista and told him to burn down the city. Um, no, I, I didn't, <laughs> but I felt like it. I could have done. <laughs> I had the confidence. Yeah. What I also like is that your family and friends would, must have just been like, should we go see if Nate wants to commit? Nah, he's probably fine. That's literally the conversation that happened, apparently. <laughs> it's 
It's probably all right. <laughs> he probably won't die, I think, were the words used. <laughs> and you probably didn't. So exactly. exactly. That's fine. Yeah. Um, would have been a different story if your jacuzzi was controlled by a malevolent AI, though. No, here we go. <laughs> She's bloody done it. <laughs> <laughs> Has she? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that that would have been very different. So, uh, yeah, how was your weekend, Matthew? I don't care how Matthew's weekend was anymore. He can take his wild boar (laughs) pasta and shove it up his bum. How dare you interrupt my segue? Oh, I'm sorry. It was a good segue. No, don't. You don't, punished well, don't, him for my sin. What is this school? Don't, don't, don't give me a pity segue approval. Was <laughs> was the uh, the wild boar uh, pasta not too glistening, or was it? No, it's very <laughs> matte. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, this week we're going to talk about uh, AI characters in video games. Uh, I can't remember why I chose this topic, but I think it was because I was thinking about the time we did robots. Um, And robots are a kind of AI, but are they distinct from AI? Like, is there crossover? Is it like all robots are AI, but not all AI are robots? Yeah, I, I was planning on wading in on this straight away. I think this is an illegal theme. Um, really? That, yeah. Well, that's like saying best car engines in games after having done best cars, because the cars contain the engines. And like, if a robot has, okay, for if you look at the sort of the world of robots, there are two kinds of robots that don't have AIs, like robots that are remote controlled, which are just drones or robots with organic minds, which are cyborgs and not robots. Right. So I I think this is an illegal theme, but it's okay. Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to respond uh, to that, uh, Mr. Chair of the debate, <laughs> by uh, first of all pointing out that I asked you twice uh, if this was a theme you're happy with, and this is the first time you've raised any objections, and I feel this is a deliberate... A sneak attack while we're recording to try and undermine my authority. Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is a planned ambush. I'm glad we've acknowledged this on record. But second, um, if we don't think about AIs being distinct from robots in some way, that means that like we can't, when we did the robot theme, we surely would not have been able to talk about some beloved characters like uh, GLaDOS, for example. But GLaDOS has got a load of ceiling whirly bits. But she is not housed in like one, you know, yeah. bit. Because she ends up in a potato, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Go on. What other... Oh, yeah, I guess that's the theme of the show, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. Got... <laughs> I'm going to put my hand up and say I got slightly confused and just and misread this as just companions, as in like... An AI companion is any companion in any game. Um, Interesting. But that's wrong. That's obviously wrong. I've also done that, but as a deliberate feat of disruption. Oh, okay. Uh, although I have got one example that is a, a crossover, and all so right, hopefully we... is a synthesis that will please but, us well, all. Are you two telling me that... We have, we've done companion characters. Yeah. Yeah. This was I'm happy, I'm happy to characters. riff on AI companions. I've just got to try and think of some while you guys are talking. All right. Well, I mean, look. We can change the theme of the show if you two have outnumbered me by by accident or design. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you the I'll tell you what. Let's let's smash a hundred eggs with one hammer, and okay, we'll, we'll get over the nonsense that I foreshadowed. Uh, okay, it's all right, go on. It's cogent point. Uh, I was just gonna just give a little bit of love to the squad under your command in. The outrageously good early 2000s Star Wars shooter Republic Commando, uh, where of course everyone in your squad uh, was a clone trooper who were all cloned off. I think Boba Fett's dad, 
Django. Yeah, played by Temuera Morrison. And they were just they were just really good boys. And considering this was a game from like 2004, it was seriously impressive. You'd, you know, ask them to cover a doorway and they'd be like, right, you are boss. And, you know, you'd ask them to like protect you and they would. Like at the, the time, I remember any sort of artificial intelligence soldiers were always like a burden. Uh, like the Marines in Halo, who were just desperate to die. But these were, they were just, I, I felt a real sense of companionship and trust being around them. And I think it's left me forever gently inclined towards any clone played by Temuera Morrison in Star Wars. <laughs> Hence, I'm very much looking forward to the book of Boba Fett. There you oh, go. lovely. Were they, well, th- nice. w- w- were they the same troopers through the whole game, or, or are they meant to be just like generic clones oh they had they had personalities um because that's one of the things they do in star wars isn't it like all the the clones are clones but you have like angry clone or clone who really likes soup or (laughs) you know that kind of thing that allowed morrison to do some of his amazing soup work (laughs) he does love chugging soup (laughs) in the sound booth that's in his rider (laughs) hold on (laughs) <laughs> really uh, nice. that reminds me of so one time it was year, a couple of years ago now when i first joined um that uh we emailed a bunch of developers and asked them what they would do if they were stuck in a room with their clone for an hour and no one would know what happened um uh and it, it it was it was inspired by an article uh written by a guy called Daniel O'Brien all like years ago, like literally I think almost fifteen years ago now, um, where he posits that the only two things that one would do if you were stuck in a room with the clone of yourself is uh have sex with them uh, and then kill them. <laughs> mm. Because because the clone, if they're cloned like that minute, as soon as you close the door, the clone appears, then they instantly become a different person because they're having separate experiences from you and forming new thoughts. So they are not you from the moment they exist and they form their own personality and stuff. And uh, I have to say, uh, I think almost zero uh, developers admitted that uh, they would have sex with themselves. So they're all cowards. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. I probably have a rap battle with mine. Have you ever had a rap battle before? Uh, well, I mean, what a way to learn. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's probably the only non-embarrassing concept, um, like context in which I could have a rap battle. True. Very evenly I, matched. Yeah, the one exactly. I remember. The one I remember is... Uh, uh, is it Jason Kingsley from Rebellion? Yes. Uh, said uh, he would want to joust because there are very few people who have uh, good enough uh, horseback combat abilities <laughs> in the world. That is so he would want to Jason. joust with himself. <laughs> like, ask uh, that man any question, and you can rest secure in the knowledge that the answer will involve some manner of medieval combat. He's amazing. <laughs> I'd, I'd um, probably keep keep my one clone hidden so that I can form the basis of a kind of prestige like magic act. Or oh, your own yeah, E3. Right, yeah. <laughs> because I don't have a twin. I'd love to have a twin. I'd just treat my clone as a twin brother. I'd just say I have a twin brother. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That's a recipe you... for it or you turning evil. Yeah, if they clone me now, though, I'm quite reasonable. Well, I feel like I'm quite reasonable, so it'd be similar. <laughs> if you were doing a prestige thing, would would you switch who got to do the prestige every night, or would you insist that you were the supreme, you were the original, and therefore you got to? Oh, yeah, we'd swap. We'd swap it. Um, okay, yeah, you know, depends which of us was better at like kind of crowd work, I guess. Now imagining Matthew staring through an airlock at his own clone as he ejects it into space. As part of the <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely how it ends. That's a new level of chilling. I love it. 
sorry, I've taken us off on a, a weird tangent again, but I did want to to point out that like it seems like Nate, you came you came to this fight armed with the 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 twin knives of uh definitional arguments. One being that uh AI is an illegal topic for reasons of robots. And the other being that every character not controlled by a player in a game is technically an AA character. Is that correct? That's, I guess, would be my thesis, yes. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ben. We've got lots to talk about. (laughs) We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Because that's because you know, because you knew what I meant. When I suggested this topic in the same way that if I ordered a sandwich, I wouldn't expect a burger. So we're not going back over that again. Well, I uh, tell you what, would you, how blown would you mind me if I said I'd even come up with contingencies for if you did insist we played it straight? Because I'm a reasonable man. That, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh but I mean, well, we've already brought her up, but I think GLaDOS uh, and Wheatley, indeed, uh, deserve mention from Portal slash Portal 2. Um, I think they're both voice acted very well, for starters. Um, but also, yeah, I like the the whole kind of character arc where uh, GLaDOS is sort of quite, not one-dimensional, but quite straightforwardly an evil AI. And then in the second game, uh, she becomes a potato uh, and uh, you learn sort of a bit more about her origin and stuff. I think it's very, uh, it's very cool. I like hmm. it. And she's a good, she's a good character. She's a good foil. Uh, and Wheatley is very, very funny as well. Do you think GLaDOS is likable? Because um, I kind of find her likable. Yeah, she's charismatic, isn't she? Like she's she's likable as a character, but you wouldn't want to go to the pub with her, I guess. Absolutely not. No, I'd die. But there is a sort of a, you know, it's not just empathy either. It's like, you know what? I I can kind of get behind what you're doing. I wish I wasn't directly in opposition to yeah. it because, you know, you're having a rough one. She's got the sort of vibe of one of those characters sort of villainous characters in the tv show who kind of hang it's enough of a fan favorite and hangs around long enough to kind of become a hero in the show yeah true yeah, that's exactly true. it yeah you know like, like we're, we're a couple of seasons away from her being pretty much on the good guy side and there being something much nastier than her out in the world like spike and buffy the vampire slayer yeah that's that's the arc i love <laughs> characters like that yeah I think there's quite a lot of them in video games. I think it's it's sort of a similar vibe to why you um why people dig the malicious robot in Star Wars um Night Seal Republic. HK47. Yeah. yeah. He's a good lad. But we've mentioned him a lot before on the podcast yeah, so I feel yeah. like we should let him rest. I just want to comment today. the HK stands for heroic king. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does now. <laughs> oh, right. Does no, it doesn't actually. <laughs> how, how how do we feel about because I, I i assumed um i was trying to work out why we were talking about this is this is this re- related at all to halo and cortana is this Ooh, why it's on your mind yeah. because um yeah let's pretend yeah i'm being topical yeah um i thought it could be that or it could be um because you just played sherlock holmes i didn't know if we were talking about ai watson um, oh creepy watson the creepy classic watson, but he's a companion not a not an ai yeah, I meant like characters who who are yeah written as an artificial intelligence, like an evil computer. But um, yeah. well, Cortana's an interesting one because, like, I'm stretching my Halo lore a bit here. So, listeners, feel free to beast me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure Halo AIs are like photocopies of human consciousnesses. Um, and I think there is a distinction in AI characters between, like, a human consciousness running on a machine substrate and something that has been designed, you know, by coders to be a mind. And then I suppose there's the terrifying third category, which is 
an intelligence designed by a more primitive artificial intelligence to be bigger and faster and more frightening. Mm. And they pretty much, they tend to be either like mega villains or friendly gods. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, well, it's like um, the, the the episode of Black Mirror where um, the Christmas special that's got John Hammond where he makes like yeah copies of uh, a human personality to make toast for the original just the way they like it. Do you remember the episode I was talking about? Never watched Black Mirror. It's too miserable. I know this. Yeah. It. Yeah, I can see that. It's all right. It's uh, it's it's inconsistent. I think <laughs> in its quality. Um, he makes like a toast Cortana. No, so John, so John, it's in the future, and John Ham's day job is um, people will go uh, into surgery, and uh, then the surgery is they they make like a a copy, uh, like a a computer copy of themselves. Um, that is that like a self Cortana, a Cortana that is run by themselves. Right. Um, but it's like a separate little code version of themselves that th- that has its own consciousness and is just miserable and trapped in a Cortana and running their house for them the way that they know they'd want it. So like they know how they want their toast to be done. So they make sure the toast is done by the computer perfectly every day kind of thing. And John Hamm sort of forces them to comply by like forward, like speeding up and slowing down their perception of time and stuff, and and until they're like, okay, okay, just leave me alone. I'll make toast. Um, yeah, it's I grim. absolutely ma- loved Matthew's little, huh, which suggested that he finds this idea genuinely very appealing. Yeah, <laughs> and then we kind of get back to the clones here, don't we? Matthew just wants to enslave a version of himself. <laughs> I want to become a popular magical double act. With myself. (laughs) Um, Uh, In uh, the new Halo, to get back to Cortana. Yeah, yeah. So in the storyline of of Halo, Cortana's kind of gone mad, I think. She's like like the baddie now. And Master Chief has a new AI in Halo (laughs) Infinite. And it's called, and you're going to love this, it's called The Weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That's his name. Does he call it like TW or like Weps or? Like... I don't know. I have only read that. I just, I just don't know how you get from like Cortana is a name of it. You know, it sounds like a name, doesn't it? That you've given. Mm. I just don't know how we've gone from Cortana to the weapon, unless they're worried about like, like Cortana went a bit screwy because you know things were a bit too casual because she seemed you know because they gave her like this sort of personality. So maybe they now call them slightly colder things so that yeah. you don't. Like fall in love with them or whatever. Yeah, hey, Arbiter, have you met my new friend, the Webster? <laughs> He's a real pro. Let's crack open a cold one and play some Halo. I've I've never really understood like what the benefit of Cortana is. Like the idea that they're somehow this amazing double act. I don't really know what she brings to you know apart from like. You know his Boobs. heads up, his heads up display inside his helmet. I don't, you know, she like gives him like a, a shield bar, but what does she actually do? She doesn't She's make a him better fighter with a lady body. But that's it. Like, like, it's not. That's not that. Like, what do you that's mean? That that's impressive. <laughs> well, she knows all the stuff about because you know he's working alone, and so he doesn't have all the info on that. But she knows all the stuff. I guess I don't know. She's just, like, a... in, she's just like in Carter. That's what they should have called her. Um, uh, I want to throw some uh, some some interesting ones in. Uh, obs- you know the game Observation? You know Observation, oh, yeah. Matthew? Yeah. Um, so I want to mention Sam in Observation. Because um, I think that Observation is um, a, it's a classic like trapped on a spaceship um, kind of sci-fi horror because like uh, the spaceship's malfunctioning and your AI Sam is malfunctioning, um, 
but you are playing Sam, uh, and and you don't know what's wrong with you either, <laughs> which is quite good, I think. And it's also really good because you're like you're the human will ask you to do something, but if you're just being a player and you're looking at stuff and you're kind of not really sure what button to press and you're trying to you're sort of figuring out that kind of mirrors a computer not working uh from the point of view of the the player character who's sort of like sam what are you doing like can you open the door please sam like, yeah yeah it's very good this kind of reminds me of um legendary anarchic uh multiplayer game space station 13 did you ever play that no so, it, Space Station 13 is one of those games you either really don't know anything about or you're obsessed with it. It's fascinating. And in brief, a uh, really janky game uh, where each round uh, you play on a space station, which is top-down, comprised of a bunch of tiles. And maybe sort of 20 or 30 people play, and they've all got a job. So there's like the captain and like the security people and like the botanists and, yeah. you know, there are hidden role variants where someone's like an alien. Uh, but one of the jobs is the ship's computer. And it's really, really good um, because you have enormous power or an enormous range of things you can do, but you need to be authorized to do things by the captain. Uh, so it's gated, and one of the things that can happen if the people, you know, playing traitor roles, like, hack you, basically, that suddenly gives you freedom, but also Ooh. a compulsion to destroy the station. And it's such a good one to roleplay. It's, it's so good. I love playing the ship's, uh, well, the station computer. It's pretty good. I don't know That's... what state Space Station 13 is even in nowadays, and I couldn't honestly recommend you play it in the state it was in, but <laughs> there's always rumours of a remake. That sounds really cool. Because I, I like I like it when people... Because it, it was very good, you know, the, the sort of Space Odyssey kind of AI going wrong and having its own inscrutable secret programming and whatever. Um, but it was done quite a lot. Like, there was quite a popular... Um, uh thing for um small like compact horror games for a while um and there was also the kind of puzzle game the turing test was one where it was like an ai forcing you to do tests a la portal um but i like it when games kind of do a twist on that and the, it makes me think actually there was like a tumblr post that was really you know went around a lot that was like imagine if you were on a ship or whatever and there was an evil AI, but it had really limited functions. So, like, all it could do was be like to turn on the air conditioning at inconvenient times or whatever. <laughs> Just bloody bother you. Yeah. Or was there like, an AI on the station in um, Alien Isolation? I don't think so, because it's that kind of 70s sci fi where all they can really imagine is like slightly smaller computers. Oh yeah, it's it's not quite at that point. Like their version of AI, I guess, is is the are the the the, the well, yeah, they got the robots. They got like oh yeah, Ash the handsome Bishop Michaels and, or whatever they're called. Yeah, Andy, uh, the working Joes, <laughs> working Joes. Yeah, or Andy, Andy, <laughs> handsome Michaels and Handy Andys. <laughs> Just swarm of yeah. I guess they count, they count as robots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Um I thought of another Halo one. Yeah. I've got Halo on the mind. Um Halo ODST uh, which is like the the weird little spin-off where you're in the city. I'm pretty sure the story in that revolves around or there is an element to it where like the city is controlled by this <laughs> this sort of infrastructure AI called the superintendent and it turns out that it's I don't. I think maybe someone has like programmed it to do something else, or something, it's gone rogue in some way. But it turns out that like the city AI is like your companion in that game, and it's not in your suit, but it kind of offers like invite. It's like controlling your environment, 
to kind of guide you around. So like turning on street lights and things um, to like guide your eye. And that's the kind of, that's a reveal that happens at some point in ODST that it's this non-verbal AI that kind of communicates you through, you know, flashing road signs and things, which is quite cool. Borderlands has got a lot of that sort of thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's got claptrap. <laughs> what, do you remember Matthew and Bord- Borderlands 3? There was an AI trapped in a bear that just shouted really annoying, like a teddy bear, that just like bellowed annoying stuff all the time. I mean, bellowed annoying stuff all the time. It's like, <laughs> it's literally every character in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, there's there's like a side mission or something where you're trying to find a new body for a rogue AI or something. Yeah, and like it had released um, scag pheromones all through the ship, so they were very horny, and that was the joke again and again and again (laughs) and again. Yeah. Listen. Well, I was going to uh, mention Handsome Jack and Tails from the Borderlands, um, who kind of counts as uh, an AI in that game because he's dead and uh, just sort of a computer hologram version of him lives in your head. And you can see him sometimes and he yells at you. And I liked that. It was good. Oh, it's yeah. the classic robot ghost. Yeah, you love a like robot that. ghost. Can't beat Who it. doesn't? Are there any? Um, are there any Warhammer forty k AIs? Millions. Um, well, no, actually, because the like when they made the setting, they did sort of uh, borrow a few concepts from Dune, including the idea that like at some point there'd been loads of AIs, but they all went berserko, and so it was decided that was a very bad idea and that's why you've got loads of people with hose pipes in their eyes um, and stuff because they're sort of doing the humans can be computers thing. Um, but then uh... I suppose, you know, the ye olde Necrons, what I write about, they're like an entire species that were like losing this war. So to win it, they decided to all commit suicide and they have their consciousnesses copied into metal bodies um, which was miserable for them. It's a bit uh, so of I guess a, they're AIs. It's a bit of a Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic victory, isn't it? <laughs> Is that... Yeah, therein lies the tragedy. Yeah, they're having a, a rough one on a civilizational scale, those lads. So they're just grim robots. Well, yeah, and one of the uh, the characters who I love is a, a bloke called Zandrek who is absolutely convinced he's still flesh and blood and no one around him can convince him he's not. Um, which really irritates everyone around him. Um, he's a lovely one. Uh, I mean, that kind of segues quite nicely into Soma, which is one of my favourite horror games. Um, yeah. By Frictional Games, uh, What Do Amnesia? Um, or What Did Amnesia, I guess. Um and in Soma, you wake up, and I guess spoilers for Soma, but it's very good either way. Um, you wake up, you you the game starts, and you're just a normal dude in like the modern day, and then you go in for a brain scan, uh, close your eyes, and wake up, and you're like in a horrible kind of leaking, rusting underground dark facility under the sea, uh, and you're like, what is going on? What's happening? Um, and you start finding robots that think they're people and and that they are humans or are kind of going a bit crackers because they can't square the fact that they're clearly not in a human body and and having human perception of things but have you know a human mind and stuff um and you find out that the there was like an apocalypse on the surface and this the ai running this science facility uh, took a really broad interpretation of like ensuring the survival of the human race uh, by putting some people in robots or like prolonging the life of other people by like hooking them up to uh, you know machines so that they're sort of half like machine as well it's it's very frightening 
Do you um, turn out to be one of the robots? Well, that's that's the thing. Like you, uh, you, you learn eventually that you are uh, a copy of the like the brain scan that happened in the past. Just ended up sort of booting up uh, hundreds of years later, and you're powering a sort of little robot kind of bodysuit, uh, and you think you're a man, but you are not. And there are a couple of times where you can sort of make a copy of yourself again and decide what to do with the previous version and like is that the like is that the original or are you the original because the you know the continuity of the consciousness or, uh, you know like and you can leave it to power down so it sort of dies in its sleep kind of or you can leave it so it wakes up alone and confused or um, you prestige the bastards yeah yeah basically and then oh, at nice. the end the the end goal is to like shoot a satellite into space that has loads of consciousness is on it who think they're wandering around a nice kind of lovely land um even though it's all digital and stuff and you like a copy of you goes up but the end is you inhabiting the copy that stays underground and is just in sat in the dark under the under the sea like by yourself contemplating start shredding on an electric guitar because that's the only thing i can think of that could lighten the mood at that point it's a horror game it's very 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 good really really good game it's people say psychological horror a lot uh but but soma is actually a psychological horror not just a jump scare set in an asylum you know oh it sounds very very eichel's yeah, it's re- I cannot recommend it enough. It's really, really good. Some of the, the kind of robots that you encounter that think they're people are really upsetting. <laughs> Whoa, might have to have a go on that. Yeah, it's really good. And you it's uh it do- it did have like monsters and like chase scenes and stuff in it, but you can turn them off. So you can just have the the oh, psychological yeah, experience. They've got various sea satans, haven't they? <clears throat> Yeah, sort of robot-y sea satans. It's very good. Yeah. Nice. I'm curious, Matthew, when you thought it was going to be like any character ever, what? who did you have? <laughs> well, that's well. And to be honest, I, I think I was just going down exactly the same avenues that I did for the Companions episode. So I was mm. just thinking about like, you know, various Baldur's Gate characters or um, um, Kim from uh, Disco Elysium, things like that, which I think I repeat, I said last time. Um, yeah, the AI's got me thinking about. Have either of you played Virtue's Last Reward, the no sort of visual novel puzzly things part of the Zero Escape series? Because that's it's they're really interesting games because that you know the, each one has this sort of hokey setup where you're kind of trapped in some sort of almost saw like sort of battle to the death. You're in some abstract sort of environment, and there's some weird kind of puppety thing kind of giving you rules that are going to thrust everyone into a sort of battle to life and death. But as you go through it, they're, they're quite chewy stories and they almost contain like, there's lots of discussion of sort of scientific theories and philosophical ideas, you know, either in kind of lectures or kind of character discussions, the characters have, and some of it sort of turns out to be super relevant, but the second one, Virtue's Last Award, it's, it's got a lot of stuff about, AI and the Turing test in it and there's a character in it not a character you play as but one of the gang that you kind of meet is this like man dressed entirely in armor who's in sight it is an is amnesiac as well so he can't really explain himself at all and this this big kind of mystery sort of hangs over him like is this actually like a robot you know because you don't cause you can't see inside him like he's so vague and he knows so little about himself you know is he is he a genuinely confused man or a very conv- convincing kind of ai and that game um does some really smart stuff with in giving you those lessons it just creates this kind of like big kind of fog of ideas around it that you're just aware of and you start thinking like is this relevant like am i applying you know you start applying it to different parts of the game and it makes you read all this stuff into like everyone you meet because of the stuff it's kind of teaching you or discussing it's pretty good wowza i've never heard of that yes yeah yeah, i really like it i need you know people who are maybe slightly more au fait with with 
science fiction you know may find some of it a bit hackneyed but i remember really enjoying it like i just it creates this sort of space for your mind to wander and you know enough slightly ambiguous characters for you to sort of start kind of trying to piece it together and you might be totally wrong it might be totally irrelevant but it does some pretty cool stuff i really love that game um nice What's it called again? Virtue's Last Reward. It's the second part of the Zero Escape series, which are generally, like, you, on, on PC, I, I think they bundle the first two together. So they're well worth playing because there's a lot of, like, relationship between the two. Um, yeah. How you, uh, you, uh, you might have expected me to throw to the Cabin of Lies, uh, but uh, once again, I've not done one this week, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> Whoa! I know. Sorry, cavern of parable. laziness, more like. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just whipped out a gun. <laughs> Says the man he couldn't even think of an acronym for castle. <laughs> Listen, that 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 was that was merely incompetence, not evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alice. I regretted it the second it left my mouth. <laughs> I know it's not. I know that's not true. <laughs> I feel genuinely bad. No, don't. No, it's, like, it's okay. She asked you if your pastor was glistening earlier. Yeah. Exchange of blows. In fact, yeah. you are usually the most bullied member of this podcast. Oh yeah, that's good. Can't really, can't really have a go at you for uh, nice for snapping like the Incredible Hulk. Um, As I'm just like a dog with a handgun taped to its face. Yeah, <laughs> or that that meme that's like a Roomba with a knife strapped to it. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I really identify with that creature. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, knife Roomba. Um, is a Roomba an AI? Oh, I know who I was going to say. Gandhi from the original Civ. Because he who? was uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi oh. from Civilization. Oh, I thought he's a Gandhi, and I was like. Is it... <laughs> Was it just yeah. like one guardy was just like one little like guard NPC that you became really fond of? He was an Irish police officer, and uh, yeah, <laughs> no one knew how we got in the Civ game. But no, Gandhi, of course. For those who don't know, due to um, a, a what's name overflow in the code, uh, was meant to have like a zero percent propensity to use nuclear weapons. But instead, he became this sort of Oppenheimic demon that would always <laughs> use nuclear weapons <laughs> as soon as he could. So if Gandhi spawned in your game, it was just a race against time to eliminate him before he could obliterate every nation on Earth. And it was Gandhi. I loved it. Um, and that was, yeah, that... Ironically, you know, he was just meant to be... Uh, a fairly functional AI to play against, but he became a character. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It it's interesting, like how like like the rumba with a, a knife on it. How we can ascribe personality to all these things that are not real. Um, I was going to talk about um very briefly as well. This is not related, but do you, do you remember Dinklebot in the original Destiny? Yeah. Uh, where he he was originally your little AI helper who would be like shoot that thing um, was voiced by Peter Dinklage and was called Dinklebot uh, and then due to I like mean, a con- affectionately that wasn't his in, in that law wasn't his, imagine if it was <laughs> I am Dinklebot <laughs> what a guy <laughs> I can't remember what the actual name was um, but because of a scheduling conflict uh, he couldn't record like the DLC or something, so they just replaced him in everything. Uh, just wiped Peter Dinklage uh, and replaced him with um, uh, Nate Drake, the man who does everything. <coughs> Nolan North. Nolan North, yeah. I know, yeah. Poor Dinklebot. Ghost. That was his name. There you go. Yeah. Best Ghost to wa- the zero, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. He's the one who says the famous "that wizard came from the moonline." Yeah, um, yeah. It must be quite hard 
coming in as the second person where you know you're going to say a line which is already like a meme for being very, very hard to deliver. Like in your head, it must become quite an obstacle in your VO sessions. You're like, oh, today I've got to say that wizard comes from the moon. And the last <laughs> guy like really bodged it so much that it became this huge like viral meme. And now I've got to say it and sort of remain, retain some dignity. But like, no, I think that would be the perfect assignment because no matter what you do, that's going to go well. How would you deliver the line, Nate? Okay, give me the exact wording again and I'll pretend I'm actually in the studio doing it for the game. That wizard it's... came from the moon, I think. Okay, I'm genuinely going to do my best acting here. You ready? Okay. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> that's pretty good. Mm. There's a bit of a note of concern in there. There you go. You know, it's. I was trying to get across. I couldn't quite believe what I was saying, but under that, a, a real deep fear. I that, think it's that wizard be, came from it, the moon. Shouldn't there be like more of a storytelling aspect to it? So it's like that wizard yeah, you... came from the moon. <laughs> uh, listeners, vote. Send in your votes. <laughs> Time for the, the wizard line. off. <laughs> the best lone read in the RPS Electronic Wireless Show, Wizard Off. <laughs> or if you think you can do better, leave a voice clip in the Discord yeah. and we'll judge the best one next week. Oh, that'd be so good. A cavern of wizards. The ca- cavern yeah, that's of it. Wizards. Cavern of wizards next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so our first competition, yes. <laughs> uh, if we do, if we actually do want to do this competition, I'll see if I can organise some sort of reward. I don't know. We've never done it before. Um, I if there is one thing that I dearly hope we achieve uh, from doing this podcast and from apparently us having uh, some dedicated listeners who are developers, it is that Matthew Castle gets a voice acting line in video game. Yeah, hmm. that should happen. I'm, I'm available to do. I'd be a good AI voice. You quite actually, I think you kind of would, yeah. Yeah, like, so, it's quite, the, the it's polite, quite nice and clear, with, I think. You know, strong undertones of wanting to kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like polite because I'm programmed to be, but I despise you. You know, that's it. That's the vibe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also known as being English, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like the. The AI in Startopia who is rude to you the whole time. Do you remember that guy? Did you play uh, Startopia? Yeah, I used to love the original, but it's been a long time. I don't recall there being an AI. Yeah, he's the little tutorial guy who tells you what to do, but he's he doesn't have like a robot voice. He's just talking like a normal man. Uh but will tell you that humans are useless and his programming is better and all that kind of stuff. What a guy. Yeah. There's a, um, I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 5 recently, and there's a voice in that. I think it's meant to be like your car GPS. I don't, if it, if it is like a human who's just radioing to you, apologies, I've completely mis, misread that. Um, it's a slightly Irish sounding lady. I think she's called Anna. And, she, you know, she just does the old turn left, turn right. And, but she, it's got this sort of, uh, gimmick where you input your name at the start of the game you select it from a big wall of names and then she'll always address you as that name so yeah. it's like it's like hello matthew turn left and things like that and but it's also got lots of nicknames um like hundreds of really daft nicknames and she calls me cupcake which i quite like she goes hello cupcake and i yeah. go oh, that's nice um you can get her to call you uh bantosaurus rex oh my god can you yeah it's it's big into that. You'd like the nicknames. There's there's definitely a good a good Nate RPS feature in all the nicknames in Forza Horizon. I think. <laughs> What's happening to me? I want to play a cars game. <laughs> I uh, I I do that with Siri. I I make Siri have a different accent every so often because you can give Siri different voices. Um, or make Siri a. a and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I always say thank you to Siri if I ever get Siri to do something for me, um, in case Siri remembers, uh, because I don't want to be among the first to die if Siri ever 
takes over. So, uh, mm-hmm. and that I'm not making that up. I genuinely do that. <laughs> uh, and as we approach uh, the end of the podcast, then, and I apologize again for no Kevin lies, um, we shall prepare for uh, for our recommendations. So every week we recommend something that is not a video game here on the Electronic Wireless Show. Um, so Matthew, what have uh, you got to recommend this week? I'm struggling a little bit because I've been watching lots of TV and playing lots of games and reading books, but nothing I like massively recommend as being like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, I started watching the the new series of Dexter. Did either of you watch that back in the day? I watched a bit of it and uh, my partner loved it and watched the the new episode and I thought the new episode was actually rather good. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought it was I thought it was solid. Um it's a weird show though because they like they completely like ruined it by the end. It's got this notoriously bad ending, which is why now 10 years later or whatever, they've made they're making this new series to try and correct what a stink the kind of <laughs> the, the 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 show ended on. Um but I'm still not 100% sure that they've got the tone back. Um, used to be very funny, lots of like black comedy, and this one seems a, a little dry in places or a little earnest in places. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'll stick with it. That's as close as I've got to a recommendation this week. That's fair. Um, I Yeah, I, I sort of know what you mean, I think. I wonder if they'll do that with the Game of Thrones. I'll just come back with the <laughs> They'll wait 10 years. And then do a new Game of Thrones series to try and erase the final one that everyone hated so much. We no longer mention Game of Thrones ever. <laughs> um, I cannot get over how it just has culturally obliterated itself. Like it was the biggest thing ever for like 10 years. And now yeah. everyone just but never lot... speaks of it. But isn't that just it? because it ended? And isn't that what happens to everything when it ends on TV? But I mean, what about like we talk about the Sopranos still? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, but we're like weird, you know. It's not like <laughs> people are just walking around the street talking about The Wire or like Morse. Morse. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I really struggle to think of something. <laughs> the Wire and Morse, two two very similar programs. Well, you know, they're different audiences. I was trying to capture a wide spectrum of crime lovers. Can you imagine if they bundled those together for like the ultimate box set of The Wire and Morse? <laughs> I want a reboot that mixes them together. I want to see Morse versus Stringer Bell. The crossover event of the century. <laughs> I kind of want to experience that. Actually, you got a point, man. Yeah, like I just want to hear the English sort of uh, what, what the, whatever the sort of English version of of the the theme tune would be. Who would sing it? I I I just want yeah like Morse to go over to America on like secondment to try and clear up crime, <laughs> and then in the second episode he just gets gunned down. Oh, <laughs> and then Lewis has to come and avenge him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry, my recommendation this week is another podcast. Um, it's one I've recommended before, but quite a long time ago. Um, and it's called I Don't Even Need uh, I Don't Even Own a Television. Um, it's a podcast about bad books, um, but not it's not kind of mean. It's very good natured. Um, it's by two uh, American dudes who are very cool. They really like music. They like a lot of stuff. They're very chilled out. Um, they're not unduly horrible. It's not kind of spiteful. Uh, and they took a really long hiatus and uh, they're back. And the, the first couple of episodes off the hiatus are really good. The most recent one uh, is uh, about Hannibal. It's very, very funny. Um, uh, and I actually, the recommendations segment is stolen from uh, their podcast. So uh, if you enjoy this segment at the end of ours, you should go and give them some love. Uh, I don't even own a television. Uh, they have really good um, theme music as well, which is all written and performed by one of the lads. So it's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's my recommendation. Um, Nate, what are you recommending this week? I'm going to dip my hand back into the K-drama Sweetie Jar. Um, Because I was doing some work in the living room the other night while Ashley was watching one. Uh, And I thought it was quite entertaining, actually. uh, I also find it extremely funny because it's called Goblin. And it's basically about a very immortal, handsome man. What? Is, <laughs> like, and it's called Goblin. Is yeah. he called Steve Goblin? <laughs> no, he's, 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 everyone refers to him as a goblin. But like, do you know the um, the geezer who chucks the envelopes on the floor at the start of Squid Game? Oh yeah, the extremely beautiful, very tall man. Yeah. He's Goblin. Oh, and he's got like a magical sword stuck in him. And he'll live forever because of it until, like, the goblin bride like, falls in love with him. It's like, it's incomprehensible, but Wait, I'm so liking it, it. Is it. And it's is it set in present day? Yeah, but there's lots of flashbacks to, like, goblin times. <laughs> and how big is the sword? Is it quite inconvenient? Like, where is it stuck in him? It's huge and it glows green, but you can only see it sometimes. Oh, okay. It's right through his chest. Like a ghost sword. Yeah, exactly like a ghost sword. Yeah. This sounds amazing. Gob- you'd like Goblin, actually. Um, it's, yeah, it's very odd. Um, but he do- he's got cool powers. He makes, you know, Darth Vader's force choke? Yeah. You can do that, but it's like magnetic. So people just like fly across the room into a strangle. Very goblin prime minister. I wouldn't, if I was him, I wouldn't want to uh, to have the sword pulled out. Uh, I think he's very tired. Yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose there is that. I <laughs> we watched we watched uh, Jumanji two. Uh, it's called like Welcome to. I can't remember but the second Jumanji film. It's on Netflix at the weekend, um, and. Uh, we were discussing because one of the characters no spoilers elects to uh, says they want to stay in the game they think about staying in the game and uh, I was discussing like at some point you would have like living forever in a video game Uh, at some point you would grow tired of just living in a magic video game full of NPCs that just repeat the same lies uh, over and over again, and so would you like, ki- like, what would you do? Would you just live forever in the game? Well, they have, would they you have just stop? Lives, don't they in the game, so they could kill themselves. Kill themselves, yeah, like really bleakly, just throw yourself off the same cliff three times in a row. They do it you know? just as the Jumanji three starting, so the Rock has to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh man, this film is bleak. <laughs> But like we've got a fun callback to the second film. <laughs> that character kills that character from it kills himself at the start. <laughs> Just to really you. set the tone for what a fun movie this will be. Yeah, <laughs> he kills himself three times in front of you. <laughs> uh, the uh, the podcast I recommended last week uh, did an extra like a bonus podcast about Cars too, where they pointed out that like it's a kids film. And like really early on, just cars are destroyed. Like they smash into thousands of people. They just die in front of like another car is tortured to death. Like it's really, it's really bleak. Yikes. Kids film. And is this all be presented as like happy lulls and stuff? Where's that? I mean, the cars doing it are baddies, I guess. Or there's like a James Bond car who like shoots a bunch of other cars. It's very weird. <laughs> But are the cars like screaming? Like, are they existentially troubled, or do they just sort of explode in a consequence-free fashion? I guess. No, they die. They don't really die. Like one of the like because one's a secret agent car who is captured, and they're gonna like superheat the fuel inside him so his engine explodes. <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty grim. Kids these days. Dark arenas. Worst rated Pixar film of uh, recent years as well, casting. Really? Yeah, very. it's a very weird film. No, you can't win them all, I guess. No. Uh, 
And, you know, there's a discussion to be had. Like, are the cars sentient? Are the cars AI? Where did the cars come from? At what point did the timeline of that world change? You know, were there people in that world at some point? Or were they always cars? And if so, why did the cars have steering wheels or seats? Uh, Is there a game based on this so we can spend next week's podcast talking about it, please? Maybe. We'll investigate. Our homework is to watch the Cars movies. (laughs) I will take that. I'm fascinated now. Uh, But that homework is not mandatory for you, listener. Um, Thank you very much for joining us on this uh, quite hectic uh, episode of the Electronic Wire Show. Episode 164, the best AI characters in games special. Um, If you have enjoyed it, you can get in contact with us uh, at contact at rockpapershotgun.com. you can follow Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Rock Paper Shot. Uh, you can join the Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can buy some merch. There'll also be a link in the show notes to that. And uh, for all your PC gaming needs, you can go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, but until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Castle. <laughs> uh, and it's good, but I've just realized that you are saying you are a, a singular clone, aren't you? It's not yes. like A is not an initial. Oh, no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> uh, goodbye from A uh, to Mara Morrison. Have an uh, excellent week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.